Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. Or should I say... TV watchers? Netflix and chill watches? <laughs> Netflix and chill watches? <laughs> You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we are chilling and Netflixing. Yes. Because this is a special episode. We got a lot of special episodes coming out lately. Yeah. Well, I think this is a regular episode. Regular but not episode. really a regular episode. So like this is an unprecedented episode. Yeah. We want to do we want to catch up with the movies that are out right now and talk about the 2019 movies and the ones that are current and getting all the buzz. Lots of buzz. But there's too many of them. Too many. So we are doing a little thing different. A little, little different episode here. A little, little something a little, different. Yeah, just something crazy. Yeah, because our regular Wednesday schedule was taken over by the holidays. <sighs> so selfish. Goddamn holidays. Yeah. Over it already. <laughs> Inside baseball, we just recorded that episode. Yeah. And we're work. like, it's done. I don't need it anymore. Christmas and Hanukkah have neither of them have started yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? so it's like <laughs> yeah. damn holidays. Goddamn holidays. But not only are we doing yet another Netflix movie, which there's that debate, is it real movies? What's the deal? What's the deal with the Netflix movie? Yeah. <laughs> Talks like that. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, if he had a baby with Bill Cosby. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal with Netflix movies? Are they even real in movies? I don't know if don't that's know. okay to do. I don't know. But, uh, Question mark. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Let's not we're, talk we're too talk, much about we're, it. We're going to talk about but it. We're, we're going to talk about we're it. We're doing no trailer park today. No trailer park. Sorry if you are like a huge fan of the trailer park. I feel like there are people who are huge fans of the trailer, the trailer park. park. <laughs> if you're a huge I'm fan at of least the trailer f- park, then you're, you're going to be unhappy this episode. Yeah, at but least a fan of the jingle. Yeah. that yeah. I don't know how much jingle. people love hearing the audio from a trailer and then also us two talking over the exact... So now you have like four people talking at the same time. <laughs> I'm sure that drives people insane, but I don't Possibly. care. But... We're not doing a trailer park. Instead, we are going to do two reviews tonight. In one episode. In one episode. What a better way to celebrate the coming double deuce than doing a fucking double review. Yeah. Because this is the last episode of 2019. One whole year. Yeah. Because the next episode is going to be dropped right on the, the first. Right January. on the first. And then the the next week after that is our one-year anniversary of the show. So cool. Very cool. What an exciting time to be alive and be in a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically a podcaster in this room. Room, exactly. On this futon. Mm-hmm. 
It's not really a futon anymore. Nope, it is just a bed. <laughs> That's why we can't have guests anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're doing two reviews, and two reviews. they're both Netflix movies. We're trying to keep it, you know, on brand. But we are yep. doing The Irishman. Yep. Which has been one of the most hyped up movies of the year. Yep. And Marriage Story, which I feel like was not a hyped up movie at all, no. but came out of nowhere, and now it's getting all the awards buzz. A lot of nominations already. Yeah. I mean, both movies are getting all the awards buzz. But, yeah, for real. But, you know, I feel like the Irishman people expected it. Yeah. I feel like that one gets award nominations just for the names on it. Yeah. I mean, I think they're deserved. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think immediately when you hear Martin Scorsese's making a new movie, it's like, okay, we're listening, Academy. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know. And then it's like, yeah, I've got Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. And Al Pacino. And, Al Pacino. <laughs> and Ray Romano. Yeah. Oh, bra. <laughs> Al Pacino is, is, I think, by himself a draw, though, because is this his first movie with Scorsese? It can't be. I think it, it might be. It might be. I think it is. I wish Jack Nicholson was in this. That'd be crazy. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about all of that. We will get into that. But yeah, craziness going down. A lot of movies. What are the odds that in in our current times, like earlier this year, we were talking about how was it Spielberg was the one who was like, oh, Netflix movies shouldn't be counted. For, and now you have Scorsese and uh, Noah Baumbach come out with a movie, and both of them are getting crazy amount of nominations. Yeah. Like, insane amount of nominations. And they're both available right now on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, they both did go to theaters. You could have seen right. them in theaters. But yeah, to qualify, but... you have to be in theaters for, like, three weeks or something like that? I think it's two. Two? It's okay. Two. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of just picking up a movie, good on Netflix. Also, yeah. like, I was surprised that Netflix got a Martin Scorsese film. Like, the amount of clout behind that movie. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. And then the return of Joe Pesci. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. There's a lot that we have to talk about. You know, two movies. That's why we're skipping the fucking uh, the regular shenanigans. Our trailer park. No need for the ramp up. Yeah, no, no ramp up. But before that, though, how how have you been? I've been good. Been good. I don't know if I know we didn't talk about it on our Christmas episode. We kind of just kept it about the holidays. Mm -hmm. But did we talk about? Oh, no, you know, we talked about going to Buffalo on our Honey Boy episode. Yeah, but we haven't we haven't talked, talked about, about our trips at all. Yeah. So how was your Buffalo experience? Well, first off, I guess if you didn't listen to the Honey Boy episode, we were we both, without talking to each other, planned to go to Buffalo. Same weekend. Same weekend for different reasons. So we were in Wildly Buffalo at the same time. Reasons. Yeah, we were in Buffalo for at the same time, but we weren't together. We, we, we had our own, own adventures. Yeah. My adventure had... Um, no movie theater experiences, which Me I was neither. planning on doing and yeah. didn't do. So, but I did watch a few movies. I texted you when I got into town. I was like, "There's a Regal here." There was literally an AMC, <laughs> like five minutes at the most, from our friend's apartment. Awesome. Yeah, but we uh, we stayed with uh, two of our our good friends. Their apartment is awesome. Yeah, super nice apartment. But the first night I was there, uh, Brianna had an interview, and then our friends they were both working, so I was kind of by myself. So I was like, "Let me do a little bit of exploring." Uh, I went to like a really nice brewery, got some really good food, got this awesome. falafel sandwich that was just awesome. Interesting. And then I don't like falafel. Oh, I I like it. I call I, it feel awful. <laughs> no, I've I had it for the first time within the last like six months, and I'm all about wow. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I just I went back to their apartment, and kicked it, and played some PlayStation. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty dope. Uh, but then yeah, the next day we went to the Sabers game. 
That was cool. Of course, because hockey. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I found, though, in the morning, I had time to kill again. Found that there was a sports memorabilia store in the area. Oh, so I was nice. like, I was like, okay, like I collect cards. I've been trying to pull that Jack Hughes card. So okay. I was like, I was like, let me, let me, uh, let me go there and see if I can, if I can get that, if they have cards or whatever. I pull up. This store is the size of a Target. Wow. And Just for sports memorabilia. It, it was ninety percent sports memorabilia, and then the other ten percent was split. Porn. Be- <laughs> the other ten percent was split between comics. Oh, video games. Weird. And wrestling. Oh, love that. So, wrestling is sports, okay? It's entertainment. With sports entertainment. Yeah. That's how it's defined. It was mainly sports toys though, which which I was like, whoa, oh, this is actually that's so, really cool. So it was like old school wrestling toys that were like out of the box, but they like repackaged them and where they were selling them. What? Yeah. I can't believe I'm so mad that this existed and I didn't get to check it out. And I was up there. I know, but the, with you want, my buddy. And me and him collect wrestling toys. You want to know the other thing that was cool, though? So I wanted to ask you. I was going to ask you this last night. We were in. I actually went to a Toys R Us yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we did go to Toys R Us. But when we were in there, I was about to tell you. And I turned around and you disappeared. And I was like, where the fuck is he? I need to tell him this. And then I forgot. But yeah. um, I was looking at Paw Patrol toys for my son. I know. I can't I find a later. goddamn robo dog for the life of me. <laughs> but the run of comics that you collect that you were trying to complete is Punisher Warzone. Ah, I completed it recently. So you completed it. Okay. Yeah. Because they had Punisher Warzone there. Like, I didn't go through any of the comics, but they had it on display, like one of the issues. Oh, that's it. really cool. So, yeah, I was I was. Curious. I love that run. Yeah. But it was, it was literally a store, like, the size of a Target, all sports memorabilia, a huge card section. So I bought... I bought myself some cards there. And then most of the trip was just eating really good food, though. Wow. Like, we pigged out. That's interesting <laughs> because my food experience, it, I loved it, but it was nothing close to fancy. Okay. So, I don't know if ours was anything close to fancy. It was just the food was very good. Right. Okay. Well, if you had a taco in a bag. I didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I had that twice. Damn. <laughs> so I never heard of How this. How many times did you get diarrhea? <laughs> None. Wow, okay. But I've never heard of this delicacy before. And so my reason for going up to Buffalo, thank you for asking, Colin, was for a show, for two shows. Well, one show, two days. So while you were mucking it up with doctors and such, I was in the pit with a bunch <laughs> of punks and wrestling fans getting beat up and sweaty and shit face drunk. Okay. So, yeah, I also had a wholesome trip. <laughs> <laughs> but they had all these all these food lines, different food lines. Here's a pizza line, here's a burger line, here's like chicken and stuff like that. And a lot of the food was kind of like cafeteria-esque. What was the what was the venue? Riverworks. Buffalo Riverworks or something like okay. that. Okay. And uh it was crazy. It's huge. It's like down by like all of these warehouses and stuff and it was massive there was a uh ice skating rink and mm-hmm. at the show you can go ice skating from like the hours of whatever to whatever oh that's awesome so like people were like ice skating and people there was a mechanical reindeer it's a mechanical bull but it looks like a reindeer, reindeer. instead of a bull yeah there was a santa claus you could take pictures with in front because every time i die a christmas show they're from buffalo so they had like their logo is like this the eye is there a logo? Not like an eyeball, but the letter I. 
but it's done like in a different font than yeah the... it's like a isn't it like a almost like a, like a script ish yeah, yeah like script ish kind of like old english looking it looks font. like it would be like the first letter in like a fairy tale book yeah exactly yeah but they had one of those and it was done up like with all christmas lights inside of it and you mm-hmm. can take a picture with santa like in front of that there's cool. a lot of ridiculous stuff that they had there but it yeah. was it was an awesome time but anyways the food so I'm on the line for the pizza, and the pizza looks kind of meh. Like, <laughs> it looks very, like, high school cafeteria pizza. Yeah. And when I get closer, there's just this thing called taco in a bag. So I order it. It is legitimately a bag of Doritos, but not, like, one of the small ones that like, you get, like, in a lunch pack. Like, the slightly bigger one, not the full size, but, like, the medium size. Mm-hmm. It is a bag of Doritos, and then they put meat cheese salsa sour cream and lettuce in it is it literally doritos yeah oh my god (laughs) it was amazing (laughs) and you just eat it out of the bag man you want to know something funny what i also found this out it's either in new york or it's in the united states but buffalo is the leading city in strokes really because of how bad people eat up there (laughs) i believe it yes i totally believe it i had two (laughs) <laughs> Not in the same night. I had one one day and then another one because it was so filling. And I was like, for five dollars, that's the other thing. It was only five bucks, and the pizza was three fifty a slice, and it looked like shit. Okay. And a burger was like eight bucks, so I'm like, five bucks, let me try it. And it was so filling. I was like, this is perfect. Weird thing is, after that first night, the, the show didn't wrap up until like a little after midnight, so we didn't get back to the hotel until almost like twelve thirty, almost one a.m. And uh, me and my buddy Jay, we were staying in a room together. It was two doubles, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you stayed in one We bed pushed anyway. them together. So <laughs> we moved to the nightstand, pushed our beds together. Yeah. We were like, mega bed! Mega bed! <laughs> but then uh, we were like, let's let's see if there's any place we could order. The first restaurant I clicked on, because they were open and close, I look at their menu, and it's like some kind of waffle thing. The second thing was a taco in a bag. What? <laughs> and I was like, is this a buffalo thing? Like, taco I've never bag? heard of this before. Okay. But I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna like, ask my friend. Awesome. To, I'm gonna ask my friend if he's if taco in a bag is a thing that he's experienced. Yeah. But then the the last day uh, it was the day after the, all the shows and stuff. We went to Anchor Bar, which apparently is mm-hmm. like yeah, it's a big the, deal. Yeah, it's like the birthplace of buffalo wings. It's yeah. where they invented buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. So um, we had those, dude. We picked out me, Chris, and Jay split. 40 fucking wings between the three of us and just dominated like all different flavors and we were just like picking from like every plate we were like dude it was so good the last time I went to Buffalo me my two brothers and our friend uh, Will who plays on our hockey team yeah. we got 60 wings and we split them between the four there of us you go. Yeah, so we did yeah. the same thing we went to this brewery that had just opened but one thing that was really cool the General Mills plant was right next to it that's by where Riverworks was. Oh, we okay. had to drive past the General Mills plant so to it get did, out of Riverworks. Did you smell the air? No, oh, I you just drove by. So yeah. if you're out there, it smells like cinnamon toast crunch or something. It's it smells exactly like whatever cereal they were making that day. Oh, so that's like, cool. So like I we walked outside and it was just like Fruit Loops. I was just like air fruit. Like it was amazing. That's pretty and cool. One of their friends apparently lives in that area, and she said like every morning she wakes up and she just like smells cereal and she's like, oh, they're making like cinnamon toast crunch today, or like knows exactly what yeah. they're making. But that was awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. The other food we got, we got like really good ice cream from this like place where they make like homemade soft serve, but yeah. everything has churros in it. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And then uh going back to Regal. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Speaking of Regal. Speaking of Regal, churros. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what they want to be remembered for. Yeah. The churro place, right? Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything I else. don't go to Regal for the movies. I go to Regal for the churros. And uh, we went to this really cool, uh, like, Japanese place, though, and they did, like, uh, like new, like ramen. It was, like, a ramen place. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And they had this one hot sauce, and the guy was like, it's, like, really spicy. And we're like, really? And he was like, yeah, it's got, like, fucking ghost peppers in it and, like, scorpion, like, peppers and, like, all this crazy Jeez. shit. And so he brought it, and I dipped the tip of a chopstick in it, and I just lick, licked it, and... I started coughing immediately. Yeah. Was, yeah. And Too then I, much. And then I put a bunch on the bra. See, who... <laughs> <laughs> See, like, who is that for? I don't know. I mean, I put it in my broth and it made the soup, the noodles spicy. Yeah. But it, it was it was spicy. Potent. It was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Not, nothing too spicy for me. I mean, except for the wings. The wings are pretty spicy. Yeah. But uh, shockingly, the garlic Parmesan was crazy spicy. Like, almost more spicy than the buffalo. Really? Yeah, I was like, whoa, this is fucking piping. Like, I don't know what was about it. Sometimes a lot of garlic actually does, like, the same effect as, like, pepper. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was delicious. And the show was amazing, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, did you get to see the pictures that I posted on my personal Instagram? Yeah, I I watched watched some of the videos and stuff. I've never seen, I've seen Guar live, and they do a lot of theatrics and stuff. But they don't do a lot of, like, uh... Like pyro. This is the first time I've ever seen a band where there's like pyro. It was like a light show and pyrotechnics and fucking smoke. It was crazy. It was so good. It was my first time ever seeing them and it was fucking incredible. I loved it. So you had a good time? Oh, I had such a good time. I can't wait. And then the next day, so like the first day was just bands and stuff. And dude, the bands that played were great. And I didn't know a lot of them. And then I got to like learn about new bands, which is like something I haven't done in a long time because I don't get to go to shows very often now. Mm And uh, the second day, during the day, they did a wrestling show, and it was awesome. I saw that too because I was I saw your Snapchat. I was like, I thought he was going for a concert. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's both. It was yeah. both. It was fucking awesome. And we were only two heads in. Me and my buddy Jay got like right up on, oh, cool. on it. So like, there was only one person in front of us, mm-hmm. and I'm six four, so like, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. So like, yeah. we were right there on the side of the rink, dude. It was great, and there were like surprise like appearances by wrestlers who weren't on the bill who were like big deals i was like holy shit like dude it over delivered on my expectations it was a great time nice so i really can't wait for next year i gotta go back next year it was awesome um actually when we were in buffalo just on the music music vibe right now i told you in our last episode about that party Oh yeah, the same guy. Uh, he was a big Bayside fan. He had like a Bayside flag in his apartment. Oh really? Yeah. So, so you, you guys hit it off. Yeah. So we were talking about Bayside and stuff. And I know you Very like Bayside cool. a lot. Yeah, Bayside's so. awesome. But yeah, I don't. I didn't catch any movies in the theaters. I did watch two movies while I was out there. Like, dude, I haven't like, been watching any movies in the last week. It just so much time being devoted to you know Christmas <clears throat> shopping for like my family and stuff, and then work. And I've been really bad. Also, I wanted to tell you though, I watched a movie that. I think both of us were like, man, this movie must be really bad based on the scores. Yeah. Watch The Goldfinch. Oh, really? You did? Yeah. How did you like it? It's bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, no. It's bad because it almost has no narrative or reason for you to give a shit until the last five minutes. Like, it's like literally the last five minutes. Are like, oh, Weak. shit. We want you to like, this is why all these, because you don't really understand anything until the last few minutes of the movie. And then at that point, it's just it's two hours long and you've been so uninvested the entire time. Like me and Brianna are watching it and 
we paused it maybe like an hour and we're like, what is this? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people involved in this movie that I like, but I don't know what this is at all. Yeah. It's disappointing because Finn Wolfhart's in it. I really like Angela Elgort. Uh, Nicole Kidman was in it. It's unfortunate. And we had said, like, yeah, it looked Oscar baity. Like, mm-hmm. we thought, like, oh man, this is this is just asking for award season. And yeah. Then, <laughs> guess we were wrong. No, no, we, we were definitely wrong. And then I watched Where'd You Go Burned at. Okay. Yeah. So, how many movies are you up to now for the year? Well, because you might be catching up to me because I didn't watch a lot. I only watched like six underground. And then a movie, <laughs> a movie that we both saw yesterday. Save our thoughts on Six Underground for our next episode, because you got we're going we're we're going on a little bit long on the banner, but we will have to talk about that. Yeah, let me pull up my list. I've only watched two movies since the last time I saw you, so, not counting yesterday when we were together. All right. Oh, and counting counting what we saw yesterday, I'm at 189. You're beating me again by what? By one? By two? By two? I'm at 187. Okay. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate oh, you. Stop oh, no. watching movies. I'm sorry. I need to catch up. I don't have time. I yeah, it's been it's been tough for me to watch movies too. That's why I was I was relieved that you said that you hadn't watched many movies recently because I was like, thank God, because I really haven't watched movies. You know what happens? The last time you were like, I'm beating you by two, you just went off. I watched like nine movies in the next like three days, and yeah. I was like, now nah, who's winning? <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna hit 200 before the next time we record, and we're only recording in like five days from now. We could hit two 200. Oh, Definitely I'm going to hit 200. Yeah. There's I, no way I'm not hitting 200 I, I for said, the year. I laughed. I was like, I'm not doing that. And then we're both going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a problem. I'm going to stay up until four in the morning just watching movies because I drank a giant cup of coffee to record these episodes because <laughs> I, I woke up at 5 a.m. today for work and I really didn't want to do because spoiler alert, we generally like to record two episodes at a time, mm-hmm. possibly three. This is basically three because we got a double. Yeah. But I don't drink a lot of coffee ever. I drank the biggest coffee I've probably ever had before doing this mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't be yawning the whole time because mm-hmm. otherwise, if it wasn't for the coffee, I'd be dead tired right now. <laughs> I never drink coffee because it makes me shit my brains out. Ah, <laughs> That's why I drink this puppy here. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, yeah, man. So do you want to just start talking about these movies? Because collectively, it's six hours of film we got to go through. Yeah. <laughs> and you can thank the Irishman for three and a half of that. Yeah. So that's where we're going to start is the Irishman, right? Yeah. We'll start with the Irishman. So we said already, Martin Scorsese, he's the director on this movie. That he is. If you haven't, if you haven't heard of, if him. you haven't heard of him, which would, <laughs> why you listen to a movie podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Shutter Island. I think is one people are, always forget that he that did. goes under the the radar. The radar but yeah. That, I love that movie. Me too. Wolf of Wall Street, Casino, I mean also Streets. love Wolf of Wall Street. I know Spoiler you alert, I love a lot of Martin Scorsese films. Well, okay, I'll, I'll just say this. Every director has, at some point in their career, a point where they start tailing off. Yeah. And then maybe they come back up, but there's always like some some stumbles here and there. Yeah. And he has just always been consistently great. Yeah. And I think, you know, when he came onto the scene in, was it the 70s? I think it's the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Because t- Taxi Driver, I think, is the thing that really, like, put him on the map. I think, I think it's like, the, yeah, like the 70s. Was that his first movie? Taxi Driver? I don't know. if it, No, it wasn't. I don't think so, uh, right? No. But I would say 70s. And it was around yeah. the same time as, like, George Lucas and, like, Spielberg and stuff like that. Like, a lot of the directors that back then, even, like, 80s and stuff, that when they were 
you know, they were big then, but now when they come out with a movie, it doesn't have the same impact because their stuff maybe just hasn't been as good for a number, you know, number of years. I mean, talking to you, Lucas. Uh, well, Lucas isn't even really directing much anymore, and Spielberg yeah. really hasn't come out with something that great in a while. Yeah, like for real. I liked Ready Player One last year, but that wasn't phenomenal or anything like that. Yeah. So when Scorsese comes out with a film, everyone's like, "Okay, it's you expect it to be fucking awesome." Well, Scorsese is a director who he can get anything greenlit just by his name. Yeah. So he doesn't have to just take on like other people's properties. He doesn't have to OPP. <laughs> yeah, you know me. He he can do his own thing and everyone's going to let him do what he wants because his name is so powerful in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, you watch these movies and stuff and the way like the shot composition is in a lot of movies and the oh, way like brilliant. Well, I was going to say like there are things in these movies and the way that scenes play out and we'll get into those that I don't think many directors would be allowed to do. Yeah. The only like director that like really comes to mind, like just right now off the top of my head is like Quentin Tarantino does some of the same stuff where like really, really long sequences for maybe one joke or really, really long sequences just to build suspense for one moment. Yeah. And that's kind of why this movie is three and a half hours long. But I mean, that's great filmmaking also. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think Tarantino's another one where his name has so much weight behind it as a director that he kind of gets a little bit. I mean, if you think about the movies that Tarantino gets away with making, Hateful Eight, like nobody else could make that movie. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And and if anybody else brought that to a studio, like, so here's my idea, they'd be like, you're fucking insane. No. Yeah. But Tarantino's like, this is what I'm going to do. And everyone's like, yep, just do it. I do want to say this. I'm pretty sure on Netflix, the Hateful Eight is on there. Have you seen how it's on there? No. It's on there as a director's cut, and it's four hours long. And they, yeah, and they break it up into four parts. They break it up into four one hour episodes that make the whole movie. I didn't know that. I watched Hatefully on Netflix, but it was just the movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's there is there might be like a second one too. Hatefully director's cut on there that I think you'd be into. I would love to watch that. I really like that movie. Yeah, not what we're talking about. No, but yeah, no. So I mean, Scorsese. It's an event when he makes a movie. Yeah. The writer on this movie, Steven Zalian, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, but I really like a lot of his movies. Recently, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I loved. Oh, haven't seen that. I know. Have you seen Moneyball, though? No, that's the Brad Pitt one. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. I love no, Moneyball. Didn't also, see that. that's that movie is so like up my alley with like sports and like, yeah. like advanced analytics and stuff. Uh, the original Mission Impossible. Okay, I have seen that. Schindler's List. I've seen that. Yeah, like okay, so he's got clout. He, yeah, I mean he's he's really good. Got you. And then this movie is based on a book called uh, "I Heard You Paint Houses." Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was written by Charles Brand. I don't I've never read the book. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. I'm actually curious. I wonder if you know. Is Robert De Niro's character a real person? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Yeah, I, d- I don't think he is. Oh, really? Yeah, because a lot of the time when Hollywood, you watch a trailer or whatever, and it's like based on a true story, like probably like half the shit in there or like 70% of it is real. Yeah. And then there's a lot of embellishment to it. I think this movie, based on what it's tackling, is more of a, this is what we believe is most likely what happened. Right. And there's a lot of real people in it because they do tell you like what who's real and who's not. But I don't think Robert De Niro's character is real. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to look that up. We probably should have prepared that for this episode. <laughs> but you want to get into the cast? 
Oh yeah, because that's gonna take a fucking year to go through, anyways. I really don't want to go through uh, like Everybody. everything they've been in and all that, but well, yeah, we don't need to. Their name is enough. Yeah, Robert De Niro though he Heard plays him. Frank Sheeran. You've probably you probably know him best for Joker. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> Meet the Fockers. Yeah, you probably know him best from that. Oh, not or, even the first one. Not even Meet the Parents. Meet the Meet Fockers. Little Fockers. Little Fockers. Fockers. <laughs> yep, the best of the three. If you've seen any uh, Scorsese movie, then you've probably seen them. Because yep. he's in literally all, all of them, them. <laughs> like since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Casino, Mean Streets, King Al Pacino. Comedy. Yeah, Al Pacino. Um, You've heard of him too. Yeah, he plays Jimmy Hoffa. So that's you know obviously a real person. He, the movie is the biography of Frank. Right. But, but it's centered around it's centered around Jimmy the disappearance Hoffa. of J- Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Which also this concept in like in itself is almost reminiscent of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, a creative reimagining of real life events. Yeah. With fake individuals. Mm-hmm. So it's like loosely based on it's based on real events while using fictional characters alongside real people. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool. I actually really dig that. That concept, yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it too. I mean, Al Pacino's been in plenty of gangster movies. I we said in this, I don't, all been I in don't plenty think of he's movies. been in a Scorsese film. Like, I mean, Godfather, Scarface, and then obviously Jack and Jill. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I don't think he's been in a Scorsese film. So, uh, Joe Pesci, he plays. Uh, is it Russell or Roussel? I think it's Russell. Uh, yeah, a lot of these last he's back, maybe. Uh, yeah, he's back, and we just talked about him on there. Yeah, on the Halloween. When I was doing the notes and stuff. Say Halloween. Yeah, I did say Halloween (laughs) (laughs) on the Christmas episode. Yeah. But uh, on the Christmas episode, when I was doing my notes for these, there's a lot of crossover between like the four movies that we're covering and like the next like three episodes. Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. Yeah, Joe Pesci. Really awesome to see him in this. I think it's Russell Buffalino. Yeah. Buffalino, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to butcher a lot of the last names. That's all right. But. No one's going to come at you for it. No. Or maybe they will. Maybe. At Two Dudes Movie Reviews. <laughs> Stephen Graham plays Tony Pro. He's basically the scumbag. His yeah. interactions with Al Pacino are amazing. Yeah. They're like my favorite scenes. Yeah. So funny. And we just saw him this year, actually, in Rocket Man. Oh, right. Yeah. I knew I recognized him and I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could have Googled it, but I didn't care enough. <laughs> but I was like, I've seen this guy recently. He, he was good in this. I mean, everyone's great. But Rayo Romano, again, Bill... Buffalino, he, you know, Big Sick, Paddleton, which we really like this year. Yeah. Ice Age, he's great as Manny. The best. <laughs> and Gary Bassarab, I think is how you pronounce his last name. I don't know. He Who plays, he? he's Fitz. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in a ton, but he was in a movie that was in, I think, both of our top 10 last year. What was, what he's, was in, he? he's in American Animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. And then Harvey Cattell plays uh, Angelo Bruno. I love Harvey Cattell. I, he's... I, Awesome. I've I didn't either. I didn't remember he was in it, or I didn't know he was in it. But when he showed up, I was like, "Oh well, yeah!" I mean, he's my favorite because Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. More Tarantino in this episode. Yeah, take the buddy a gun and smash his nose in. <laughs> but the cast is phenomenal in this, and I said this a few weeks ago when we did the Honey Boy episode that I thought that that was overall the best, well, you know, the most well acted movie all around. This might be it. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's... the acting in Honey Boy is amazing. The acting in the movie we're going to do next is amazing. But there is like 10 people in this movie all acting the shit out of it. Like, Delivering I think... like on a yeah. next level fucking basis. Yeah. 
I think when you take into consideration the amount of people doing it, this is probably at the top of the list. Well, because it's impressive that that many people, people are be yeah, bringing in exactly. such a powerful performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that also speaks to Martin Scorsese as a director. Like, I think he knows, especially he's worked with a lot of these people before. So they have like a, a report, I'm assuming, yeah, that it's easy for them to kind of work together and easy for them to understand the material because they probably all have like kind of hands on it. Yeah. And I think also any actor who gets an opportunity to act in a Martin Scorsese film is going to really bring, bring it. it. Because, I mean, how much could that break you to be like, yeah, this Scorsese film came out, but like Ray Romano fucking sucked in it. Like, <laughs> it, it would be like, oh man, like what a way to like drop your stock. They're like, oh, you ruined a Scorsese film. Yeah. I mean, that's so. also just like Scorsese knows how to get the best performances out of people. So if he yeah. somehow couldn't, then like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. I think he's smart enough that he would just like cut you loose and get somebody different. Probably. But yeah, dude, and and you know what else is uh as much as like there is kind of like a gangster centerpiece to this movie, like this doesn't just feel like a mob movie, which is something that kind of going into it I was almost expecting cuz Scorsese does do a lot of gangster related films. And then especially when you bring in the actors specifically the three, the Robert De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci, they do a shit ton of mob movies or gangster movies. It's like what made their name is like, you know, Goodfellas, Scarface, and shit like that. So I think I was expecting way more of a mob influence, but like there's a lot of elements to this movie that I wasn't expecting. I laughed a lot. Yeah. It was really funny. You know, if you're comparing it to other Scorsese movies, this is probably like the least violent. Yeah, no, for real. I think a lot of the violence is assumed or off screen, and yeah. then you do get some. There is still some of that in there. Yeah, no, there, there, there it's is, there out. is blood, but yeah, it's not overkill. And yeah, I did, I laughed a ton. Also, I was actually surprised by that. And a lot of the moments that I laughed at were what I was touching on earlier, where they are long, drawn out scenes that are long for basically like one punchline. Yeah, And again, going back to Tarantino, that reminds me a lot of the scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when Brad Pitt plays the whole Bruce Lee sequence back in his head. And it's like seven minutes just for the one line where he's like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, there's a lot of scenes like like I loved the whole part at the dinner table where he's basically they're basically going over like how much time you leave for traffic. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was really good. Super simple, too. Yeah, this movie does have a lot of conversations at a dinner table. Yeah, I don't know how to say this because I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on it, but at times I feel like the movie can be a little mundane. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I would mundane is probably not the right word because I yeah, was because I, I was, was invested the entire movie. Right, that that's kind of where I was feeling with it. It was like I was I was in it. Like I sat down and just watched the whole thing straight through, mm-hmm. and it was just like I was intrigued by all of it. Yeah, but there were certain points where as the scene was rolling out, I've been like, there's 10 minutes you could have just shaved off of this movie real easy. And then like that would happen a number of times where I'm just like, this movie could have been like two and a half hours. It could have been. I don't know if it because there's a lot like here. I'll say this also. uh, This movie is really dense. Like, yeah, yeah, like super dense. And I think a lot of the movie is important. And the reason a lot of it is important, though, is because they really just develop the characters the entire movie. A lot yeah. of this is just like 
conversations between people, just developing the characters, and then you as the audience, you know exactly what they're feeling, what their motives are. You're in their head because of how good of a job they do it. And the first hour, I would say, of this movie doesn't even really kick the plot off all that much. No, it's more just establishing everybody's relationship to each other and then like all of the ways that they cross over one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because even like right out the gate, it's like Robert De Niro's fucking lawyer is cousins with Joe Pesci, but he met Joe Pesci previously at like a gas station or something and helped him fix his truck. Yeah. And then like all these different ways that like they overlapped and then like that's kind of how De Niro gets in. Uh, yeah, it's all crazy. Yeah. This movie definitely has a deliberate pace and I think a pace that most directors wouldn't want to pull off because it's not a pace that is like going to grab you money, if that makes sense. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a slower pace and I think, you know, the casual moviegoer is going to want something a little bit more exciting. Yeah, it's not like an action blockbuster. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's definitely a like we're going to let let the characters like we're gonna let, let them breathe like you're just gonna just sit there and just watch how they how they develop and either you're on the ride or you're not type yeah. thing and i think for some people the runtime is gonna bother them a lot yeah but that's kind of the beauty of having it available on netflix is that if you're in the comfort of your own home and it is running a little bit long and you need to like make a frozen pizza just pause that shit i i definitely agree I will say, though, that this movie thoroughly cemented in my brain, I would rather be in a theater. Yeah. I knew that already, but then watching this movie, I was like, yeah, no. Like, I I wish I saw this in a theater. Yeah. One, I would have been more invested, but especially when you're watching a super dense three and a half hour movie, I felt, because I did pause it on multiple yeah. occasions. It's I, better I, to not have distractions. Yeah. And I wish that I had just viewed it in one sitting. And also just like... I kind of wish I could have seen these performances on the big screen. Like I, yeah. I and especially, I think you still can. I think it's in theaters, like in the city. There was a uh, a theater over in Buffalo, and all they were playing was The Irishman and Marriage Story. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna deter people from maybe not deter them from watching it because it's readily it's so available you can just watch it whenever you want. But I think it's gonna deter their enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. I've heard that from a few people like, God damn, it's so long. That's why I haven't watched it. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard quite a lot of that as mm -hmm. well. They're like, I'm not going to sit think, through all that. I think me and you actually like longer movies. I know I... Yeah, that's the thing is length doesn't scare me away necessarily, especially if it's in, in the hands of someone you can trust. Like, I, I would trust Martin Scorsese to fill that time mm -hmm. wisely. I'm just saying there were some scenes where... I feel like the payoff wasn't as great, especially as other scenes. Like I feel like some sh scenes get overshadowed by either the scene previous or the scene that comes after that makes it that spending that much time in a moment doesn't have the payoff. Like, like what you're saying about uh, him and Tarantino taking chances and really letting a moment sit just for like one line. And I feel like not everything really pay is off the same and it makes it where like some scenes I'm kind of like all right keep the scene in there but maybe like shave it down a little bit yeah I do agree I think some scenes could have gotten shaved down a bit and I think other aspects of the film could have had more attention paid to them namely one thing actually it's really just one thing well you want to get into that yeah sure one of my negatives on the movie is the events that you've been waiting for for the most you know majority of the movie they happen and then there's still about 
35 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings style. I'm yeah, to think. <laughs> it is Lord of the Rings style. It didn't fade to black like a million times like Lord of the Rings did, but yeah. there's a subplot with him and his daughter. Yeah. And, and a lot of the, the end of the movie does focus around that. I didn't feel personally like the him and his daughter relationship throughout the movie was fleshed out enough for me to really give a shit at the end. And they only really give you like one scene really that's supposed to get hit you when he goes to the bank. Yeah. I don't know. It that didn't hit me. And I think it's just because they didn't give Anna Paquin, who we didn't even mention. Oh yeah, that's right. But she plays the older version of his daughter. I think her name was Peggy, right? Something like that. Yeah. But they don't really give her anything to do. Like no. I didn't I didn't She just kinda silently stares at him like you're a piece of shit. Yeah. I felt like she was like super like underutilized though. Yeah. And I was surprised when I saw her because I was like, is that supposed to be his daughter? Like, I didn't realize how much time passed. A lot of time passes in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's really one of my only real, like, issues in terms of what is and isn't included in the movie because I said it is dense, but I I think that they could have taken a few things out and just shortened it and then added a few things in. And the payoff at the end of the movie would have been much stronger because that's another thing. I keep hearing people all over be like, what'd you think of the ending? Apparently people are not happy about the ending. The ending didn't bother me at all. Me, me neither. It didn't bother me either. I actually kind of like smirked at it because I'm like, that's right. Snitches get stitches. Because <laughs> I don't think it's a big spoiler, but you know what? Fine. Spoiler for like the next 15 seconds or do a skip 30 and then spoiler uh, will be over. Skip now. I think that it was really cool that Basically, like, the FBI is just, like, everybody's dead. Like, there's nobody you're protecting. Like, everybody involved is dead. So, like, will you just, like, tell us this true? And he's just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, he still wouldn't give them any information, even though everybody was gone. So, mm-hmm. I that made me, like, smile. I'm, like, yeah, snitches get stitches. <laughs> the the last shot of this movie actually is really cool. Like, I don't I don't know if there really is that much ambiguity to it. Because I was just kind of, like, oh, I he died. Like, yeah, he probably never saw the guy again after the holidays because that's what they, they kind of set up. Yeah. I was content with the ending. I heard a lot of people were like, no, I'm like not, you know, I didn't like the ending. I don't know what they were expecting, like yeah. with a character like that. But they were like probably it. expecting some like departed level craziness. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say this, though, because you brought it up. Yeah. This movie takes place over a large period of time. Yeah. Uh, 30, 40 years. Something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like 40 years. Yeah. Uh, it takes place over a long period of time, and they use de-aging C- CGI. Oh, yeah, they do. So did, did was it a distraction for you? Did you find it? Because uh, I actually like it in this. Yeah, it wasn't a distraction, but it's like, it's stupid to say that, like, oh, it's noticeable, because obviously we know how old they are. So, like, I, you'll always notice de-aging. This wasn't so egregious, though. Like, this didn't hurt my feelings. I didn't think it was very noticeable at all. I knew when when they make them younger, yes, it's noticeable because you know that they're not that, that young. That yeah. young, you know what they look like currently. So, but what is cool is it seemed like the software might be a little bit different that they're using. I I have no idea of knowing that, but it looked like really all they were trying to do was just remove wrinkles. Yeah, like it seemed like a lot of it was still Robert De Niro's performance or whoever you know Joe Pesci. It seemed like a lot of it was just like we're just gonna eliminate like some wrinkles and stuff. It wasn't like we're going to make we're going to take taxi a driver picture of Robert you. De Niro. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a lot more subtle in this. I think it does its job. The only time that I was really like, 
that looks kind of stupid is when he beats the guy up at the job that his daughter's working at. Yeah. Because it's clearly a 70 year old Robert De Niro performance, but with an old, with a young guy. Yeah. And his really, really like shoddy kicks. Yeah. The kicks were like, I almost laughed. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Me and and my buddy Jay were talking about that actually up in Buffalo. Really? We were talking about the Irishman and he was like, what the fuck was that? That was so like, not believable. Like the way he was kicking Kicking him. him, He's like, like, fuck you, you old, (laughs) you old fuck. Also real quick. I looked it up. Uh, Frank Sheeran was a real person. Oh, really? Yeah. So very cool. cool. But yeah, no, I, the de-aging didn't, didn't bother me at all. And even at points, I was like, are they using it? Or are they not using it? Like, is that what they look like? Because if that's what they look like now, they look really good. Like, they, they've aged yeah. very well. Yeah, good for them. Obviously, when they're old at the end of the movie or, you know, certain characters are old, I'm pretty sure that was all prosthetics. I don't think yeah. that, was, that was any CGI. So uh, I saw articles that were saying, like, the de-aging was a waste of money. And maybe it was a waste of money. I don't know. But I think... Showing the passage of time in movies is very important, and yeah. I think that it didn't pull me out of the movie the way that some other movies have. I rewatched Rogue One and I watched the ending of it the other day, and like the Carrie Fisher thing, I don't think looks good at all. Like yeah. that pulls me out of it way more than than this. So Dude, I think it's done tastefully, if that makes sense. I think de aging is like the number one trend in Hollywood for 2019. Oh, it's got yeah, it's in every movie now. Yeah. Like it was in a couple of movies in the past few years, but nothing nothing as insane as this. Like almost every other movie has de aging in it at one point or another. Now, now you know why I felt so like why aren't they using it in Doctor Strange? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's literally in a Scorsese film. <laughs> so like why, yeah. why wasn't it in Doctor Strange? But yeah, I mean if you want to look at it, it was it's in this. It was in Captain Marvel. It was in it. What was what was another thing that it was in that was really good? Like where it was done well. Try to remember, there was something else where they de-aged. Oh, uh, Gemini Man. Gemini Man. Okay, but that wasn't. Then. That, <laughs> no, was, that was that awful. was awful. That was poopy. That wasn't that wasn't de-aging though. Yeah, that was, that was like entirely CGI, CGI nonsense. But I think it it helps the movie because of how much time passes. Yeah, what a better way to show time passing than putting wrinkles on your balls? <laughs> that, yeah, that was a that was a that focus. was a weird scene. Well, we kind of lightly talked about this in the car yesterday, but like, who, who are some of your standouts from the movie? I'll give you an easy answer, and then I'll give you who I also really like. I think the best performance in the movie is Al Pacino. Yeah, hands he's, down. He's he's my favorite. He's so funny. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. He is so funny. I actually think that, I mean, everyone's good. Actually, everyone's great. But if I had to rank the three, I think De Niro is at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Out of I the agree. Three. I and agree that, completely. And that's not even a knock on him. I just think Pesci's really fucking good. And I think Al Pacino is amazing. Yeah. But another Who's standout Who's the lead me? out of all? I'm assuming De Niro's the lead and Niro's everyone else is supporting. Yeah. Because they're all getting nominated. Mm-hmm. It's not, not even fair. Like when you look at supporting actor category for like the Golden Globes, it's Pacino and Pesci. And then every other movie just gets like one. But then yeah. that means two. I don't know. I got a, it's got a 40% chance to win that category. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> I I like them both. I think they're both great performances, but I feel like every movie should only be allowed one per. That happened last year with The Favorite. Um yeah. both, both um Emma Stone and I'm blanking on her name right now, but they were they were both nominated for supporting. That's so crazy cuz that means you're now you're in competition with your own movie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem right. I well I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's you're not I don't know if it's you're in competition with your own movie. I think it's more of a well, yeah. an, an indictment or like it's 
more of a, a nod to show how good that movie is. Like the movie, right. this movie's so good that it got two performances like this out of an actor, you know, or yeah. directors. The other person in this movie though that I really liked, I really liked Ray Romano. Yeah, he was really good. I was I was surprised because I was intrigued that he was in it, but I'm like, dude, you're you're next to all these like stars, like legends, Heavy hitters. Yeah, and I thought he was really good too. I liked all the scenes that he was in. Yeah. Also, he's playing the brother of Joe Pesci's character. I or, think, or like the cousin or something. Cousin, yeah, they're related, but I, I don't know. I I bought it for whatever reason. Yeah. Even though they're like way way different in height. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's Italian. It's all the same. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about Robert De Niro doing green face? Because he's an Italian posing as an Irishman. Oh, I didn't. Is that a thing? Is that that's what they call it? That's what I'm calling it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what is that? It's like blackface, but for. The Irish. I feel like it's much different. It's green face. <laughs> well, yeah, it's wildly different. I'm just saying. Because that was the only thing that bothered me. I'm like, De Niro's supposed to be Irish. He's like, just because of the every other movie he's been in, I can't not look at him as like a super Italian guy. Yeah. <laughs> so to be like, yeah, he's Irish. It's like, but this is still like a mob related movie and every other mob movie I've ever seen him in. He's like the Uber Italian guy. Yeah. So I'm not buying the Irishness. Nothing made him seem Irish to me. It, it didn't bother me. Bothered Be- me. Cause I'm it? Irish. Oh, are you? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I see, I see everybody the same way. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he took a role from a hardworking Irishman, a real Irishman. Okay. All right. I don't, I, I don't know who that would be. I don't it, know who's Irish out there. It didn't bother me, but at the same time... It didn't I'm, actually bother me either. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, <laughs> it didn't bother me, and also at the same time, I'm really bad with like accents or like... Stuff like that. So like, well, I, I didn't want him to talk with an Irish accent. Okay, either. like that was I didn't think about it at all. I I bought it. But. I did. I did think about the thing where I'm just like, but he's Italian. Like he's just so Italian that I can't picture him as being Irish. Irish. But it didn't like fully ruin it for me. Like I just stopped thinking of him as quote unquote the Irishman. Yeah, because I don't really refer to him as such a lot in the movie. No, a couple it, times. It's maybe actually funny. Like that. it's not the Irish men. It's the Irish man. But yeah. for whatever reason, when I turned the movie on, I thought all three of them were Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute. It tells you with the grammar. Like, yeah. Dumbass. It's just one. It's just one. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie will get a nod for like screenplay because the writing is super tight on this. Yeah. Like the the dialogue between the characters is some of the best this year, I think. Yeah. And it doesn't feel cinematic in the way where it's just like everybody's trading off like snarky remarks to each other. Like it's very conversational and it feels real. Yeah. And it, it's that's just, a, it feels it's really real. good. Mm-hmm. Cause that's another thing. It's like, there's tons of movies that have like quick back and forth banter and stuff, like trying to seem like that, like a Tarantino type movie where like all oh, the dialogue, man, the way they talk to each other, but then it just comes across as like, douchey movie lines yeah and this just feels like super authentic and awesome i agree with that it's very good yeah i this isn't factoring into my grade but when i was watching this and i wonder if you felt the same way when i was when i was watching this i felt for a good portion of it that i've seen it already yeah and it it, it didn't well that's the other thing it's see that's i don't know if i should knock it for that because like it really isn't. I think it's more so just the people involved. Yeah, it's like we've seen these people do these kinds of things before. It's not that much of a stretch for them. Yeah. 
So I, I did think about that and it's hard to talk about that in a negative way. Cause on one hand you're like, Oh man, like De Niro, Pacino, Pesci in another mob movie. But then it's on the other hand, it's like nice De Niro, Pacino and Pesci in a fucking mob movie. You yeah. know, they're going to kill it. It's like, yeah, Scorsese is literally it, the best mob person. Yeah. No, mob movie maker of all time. Yeah. And so then, it's like a double edged sword where it's like on one hand, it's like, well, I know this is going to be awesome because they can all do this. But on the other hand, it's like, I know they can do it because I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. And I think that's why it took me a long time to finish it because I broke it up into three, three parts. Like I Dude, had, that's still I had an to. hour and 10 minutes a piece. That's yeah. basically three mini movies. But I think I was, I was really enjoying it the whole time, but like I've, I've seen a lot of this before. Like none of it seems really new to me, but everything in the movie is done surgically. Like it's so well made. Yeah. I just felt like I saw, I don't know. I just, I felt like I've seen it before for yeah. whatever reason. I can understand that. Yeah. The, I guess, climax of this movie. Yeah. The tension that was built. Oh, dude. Amazing. Very, yeah, very good. And some good surprises and stuff. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, shit. I like that they, they play it out in, like, two ways. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Because, till this day, nobody knows what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Right. And then when they show you that first way, I was like, how do they know that? Like, that was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just going to, like, assume that, then it cuts back. But... I think that's how he felt. Yeah. Like, I think that was in his head. He felt as spoiler alert, but I think in his head, he felt like he basically pulled the trigger on him. Like they right. were, cause they were super close. So I, I really like the way that scene plays out. And yeah, I, I was watching it and I was tight butthole that entire time. <laughs> yeah. White, real. white knuckle. Like it's super tense. And just the way everything is like playing out. I also didn't know what, if they were going to like, like kill him. Right. Did, so like, Wait though, like the, with the mob works and basically the decisions they make. Also, Joe Pesci's character is ruthless. Like, yeah, he, he's but it's cool because he's like relaxed, ruthless. Like he's he's never he well, never he raises he, his he voice. Doesn't, he, he doesn't, doesn't give shout. a shit. He doesn't hit anybody. He's just like, I need you to do this. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's out of everybody's hands. This happens, or we have to take care of it. Yeah. He's like, I know you can handle it. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes off and leaves. Yeah. But he's got such a, like a cool fucking like it's a different kind of mobster than we usually we usually see the mobster who like gets mad and yells, pounds the table, is like, bring me more cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's just so cool and calculated about everything, but he's cold, he's vicious. Yeah. Very cool. I guess one other thing, and it goes back to Al Pacino. I think this was I don't want to say different. But like you know how like with like a lot of Al Pacino performances, he's more like cool, and then like yeah. you get like the one scene where he's like he yelling fires off. Like this one, he basically is firing off the whole movie. Yeah, he's always at and, like eleven. Yeah, and I I actually really like that. I think that's why I liked him so much is because he was just like such a character. Yeah. And, I actually the, the last like few days I just keep yelling solidarity <laughs> solidarity <laughs> I keep throwing my hands up in the air yeah. but I, I I liked seeing that for like the duration of the movie I maybe it was a little bit over the top but it was super entertaining and and I don't think many people could have pulled it off so absolutely uh, you want to get into tomato tomato yes please we have we have, we're halfway through the episode we gotta do it <laughs> tomato tomato yes tomato the critics are bringing this in at and 96%. Of course they are. A. I get it. Audience, A. A. The Fonz is not in this movie. <laughs> Tomato. 
the audience, 86%. Wow. Uh, so B. So it's an A to a B. A to a B. Man, I will go tomato. Okay. I gave it an A minus. Nice. Yeah. I am also going tomato. Yep. And I'm also going A minus. Nice. Yeah. On fire. I think the actual craft behind this movie is next level. Next level. Really good. For me, the thing that brought it down the most was just I felt like I'd seen it before. I felt like the runtime, you feel it a little bit. And I think they could have given you a little bit more reason to care about things at the end. Like I wasn't emotionally impacted as much at the end as I thought I would be, especially after spending three hours with a character. See, I 100% agree with two thirds of that. The last thing with about like, you know, especially with the daughter, like it didn't bother me as much, but yeah, I think there definitely could have been something done better with her character to bring in more impact, but it didn't necessarily bring down the grade so much for me. It really was just, it dragging at times and then yeah like it not feeling entirely original mm-hmm. which is hard to say because i don't want to say it's not original i thought i think it there was a lot of originality in it in the way things were done but it didn't feel brand new i don't think it has as much staying power as a lot of other scorsese films well, I, I wouldn't even put this probably we kept seeing in the things top five for Scorsese. No, I wouldn't either. I, I we kept seeing things that are like the movie event of the year, Scorsese's yeah, best, number one movie, yeah, like, best like, Scorsese film ever. And then when to I, date, I'm like, no, within no way. the first half of it, I could have told you it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, th- there's easily I would put Taxi Driver. I think I'd put Casino above this. Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Yeah, um, I would agree with all that. I would put The Departed above the this. Departed. Yeah, like. There's a there's a bunch that are better than this. I, think. I might put Shutter Island above this. I don't know about it, that. That's interesting and different. Yeah, yeah. No, Shutter Island actually seems like a little bit of an outlier for his career. It really is. And like, uh, was it Hugo? Hugo is a little bit of an I outlier didn't watch too, that. too. But yeah. yeah. But all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You want to put a bow on this so we can go to the next thing? Yeah, we'll put a bow on it. This is gonna be a long episode, folks. Well, doing double duty. Hopefully, we can knock this movie out in a half hour. We did we did about a half hour on the last one. Yeah. Yeah, we've bannered we, for a bit, forty minutes. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. long banner. We'll cut that down in the edit. Oh, okay. Who knows what'll make a it. little podcast magic? There. It's gonna go. <laughs> well, two news movies with Sky and Colin and the Irishman. Let's so go. So the Irishman. Here we go. <laughs> All the banter's gone. You're gonna be like, hey, <laughs> I want to hear that. The people want to know what we did in Buffalo. <laughs> More than they want to hear about I like my voice. I wanted to hear that. I want to hear my voice. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear that. We're like old prospectors <laughs> now. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm excited for the prospects of Marriage Story now. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if it was the Honey Boy episode or if it was the Knives Out episode, but you brought up this movie. Yeah, might have been might have been both. Yeah, and, and I said, I'm like, I'm going to watch it right after we were recording. And I did watch it right after we were done recording, actually, that night. And yeah, it didn't disappoint. This was this yeah. is a big surprise, and I like that now you like Adam Driver. <laughs> like, I know, dude. This year's been crazy for me. I'm seeing more movies than I've probably seen in my life, and <laughs> I went from being like a big like at the beginning of this podcast. I think we did a, the first trailer for Star Wars, mm-hmm. and at that point, I was still like, I don't fucking like Adam Driver. I don't like Kylo Ren. I don't like fucking, I didn't care about girls. Like I 
never saw a character of his that I fucking cared about or liked. And at the beginning of this podcast, I was all, I hate Adam Driver. Like, I just don't like him. And yeah. I'd make fun of him and call him goofy, make fun <laughs> of his voice. He's <laughs> got like that Andre the Giant voice almost going on like, oh, everybody. <laughs> like, he's too big. Like, his voice is too big. Yeah. But now I'm fucking turned around on him. And turn, weirdest of on? all, I'm turned on by him. <laughs> but like weirdest of all, like Dead Don't Die is what started turning me around on him. I'm like, he was really funny in that. Like, yeah. I really liked his his like comedic sensibility in that. I also like it's for me like because I liked him before this, but uh, for me like watching you, I'm like, yeah, like the Dead Don't Die, and then like this and stuff. But like, I don't think you you haven't seen Black Landsman, right? No, I did, and I liked him in that a oh, lot okay. too. And but you haven't seen Logan Lucky. No, I didn't see Logan Lucky. Okay. But I only I watched Black Klansman this year. I know that's a 2018 movie. Yeah. But then like three movies this year that I watched with him in it, and I'm just like, I'm fucking turned around. This movie sold me forever. Yeah. Forever on him. I uh, love him. We'll get we'll get into it. Yeah. But yeah, Noah Bombach. I think it's Bombach or Bombach. I'm not sure. I think uh, Bach. Bombach. Yeah. Like the, the, the composer. Yeah. Noah Bombach. 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 It's a fun name to say. Yeah. He is the director on this. Now, full disclosure, I have not seen any of his movies. What are his movies? Well, I was curious because I, I looked it up. I was like, I don't know these movies. I was like, let me see what their scores are because I'm curious after watching this movie. You think you can already tell how I feel about this movie? Yeah. So we did, uh, if I'm pronouncing this right, the Meyerowitz stories. Oh, okay. That was a Netflix movie too. Was it? It's it got Meyer- Adam Sandler. In it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got Adam Sandler in it. Ninety three percent. Wow. He did De Palma, ninety five percent. Okay. He did Mistress America, eighty two percent. All right. While we're young, eighty four percent. Okay. Francis Ha, ninety two percent. So very consistent. Yeah. So like all, B to like A A pluses. He's averaging like an A basically, or like an A minus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Insane. So this movie made me want, like, I'm going to slowly, probably next year, check out more of his stuff. I'm going to go back and rewatch, like, all of his movies now. Because we're talking about Scorsese getting great performances out of their actors. The performances in this movie are just apeshit, crazy, amazing. Dude. Yes. Fucking yes. We'll get to it also. But I want Joaquin Phoenix to win the Oscar for Joker, but Adam Driver is going to win it. (laughs) Yes. absolutely dude (laughs) dude man he was so good and i mean they both were amazing i think i think that scarlett johansson has a really strong case for best actress i think she has a very strong case for that also i wouldn't be surprised if she won it i think they both could win lead actor actresses yeah for this movie we had said in or more specifically you had said and i had kind of co-signed but i wasn't fully like i don't know but in jojo and you're like this is the best performance you've ever seen out of scarlett johansson Mm -hmm. this one yeah yeah this is the i blown away i already scar joe listen to me I'm already in love with you. You don't need to do this. You got me. I'm waiting. I'm, you don't need to impress me anymore because that's what she's doing. She's trying to impress. She's just you. trying. She's just peacocking all over the place. <laughs> I wanted to say this a few episodes ago, and if I did say this, and it's in an episode, just stop me. But I don't think I said it. I think I told you I wanted to say it. And we didn't. This year is insane 
because all of the Marvel actors yeah. are nominated for shit. Or they're or yeah. I don't or they're, or they're popping up in they're, other movies they're, that they're are in the conversation are. though, because yes. Mark Ruffalo is in the conversation for Dark Waters. Yep. I don't think Chris Evans is in the in the conversation for Knives Out, but everybody loved him in that. And it was right. a, and it was like a a different movie and for at least him. the movie is getting acknowledgement yes and then scarlett johansson is in two jo- movies yeah, that are jojo and this i think jojo has a strong chance of winning best picture and yeah. i think she this movie has a strong chance to win multiple oscars and also. benedict cumberbatch is in 1917 yep i mean he's not he does he's, yeah, yeah he just yeah, shows yeah. up but but yeah no i uh i was thinking about it the other day and i was like man like endgame comes out and it's just destroying everything and then all the actors from endgame go and do like uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Oh yeah, she could be in the conversation for us. Like they all go and they all do things that come out the same year, and they're all in the Oscar conversations. Yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah, uh, there's not many actors on this movie, or I shouldn't say there's not many important actors. It's really like five, four or five of them. Yeah, very slim cast. Yeah, but Scarlett Johansson, we we just mentioned already. Uh, Adam Driver, we mentioned. She plays Nicole. He plays Charlie, and then Laura Dern plays Nora. She was great in this. She's yes, she's nominated for supporting act- actress. I hated the her Golden character Girls. so much. Well, yeah, I think you're supposed to. Yeah, shockingly, you're not really supposed to like the lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> and then Alan Alda plays Burtz. That's a lawyer you do kind of like. You, yeah, you do like him. He's and, very like real. And, and then like, he gets humane. He gets rid of him, and then he brings in that other scumbag. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I would say those. Speaking are the, of Italians, he should have been in fucking Irishman. <laughs> but I think those are the five that you really want to focus on. Yeah, and the mom. Yeah, a little bit. She she provides some really good scenes. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the meat and potatoes are the five of them. Yeah. The son is also very important. I don't have his the actor's name. I think this is his first movie. He doesn't do a lot. He doesn't have a lot of lines. He's almost used more as like an accessory, which I was okay with. This isn't a negative to the movie. I actually think it serves a purpose. Hated the son in this movie. Oh yeah, hated him because he kept. I just want to go to mom's and stuff like that. He well, the movie starts off and they say he's a daddy's boy basically. Yeah. But then a lot of his like actions are a little inconsistent. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of all over the place. And I guess maybe it's like either a bad parenting or two like kids just change on a whim in real life. So like whatever. But uh, his character, like, the things he was doing, just annoyed me because especially he was like fucking over Adam driver's character so hard in some scenes, yeah, not realizing it. and yeah, not realizing it. But I think part of him seeing like, he's like not the best behaved might even be like a commentary on like what happens to kids when their parents get divorced. I could be wrong. Yeah. But... No, no. So this, all right, full disclosure, this movie hit very close to home for me. My parents got divorced when I was uh, whatever third grade is, whatever that like age. Eight. Yeah, so probably around the same age that this kid was. Mm-hmm. This movie hit for me. So the kid didn't bother me at all mm-hmm. because like the way I was saying, because we've seen some movies where it's like, man, I feel like this character was just used as an accessory to propel the story between these other characters. That's what it feels like when you're a kid watching your parents' marriage fall apart. Yeah. Because, like, there's those moments where, like, you're not even there, and when you are there, you're almost used as a weapon against the other parent. And I'm not saying that that's exactly, like, what my parents did, but that's how it can feel as, like, a a child, because you don't really understand the full scope of what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. You just see these two people who, like, they're the people who teach you everything about life, 
and then like you can hear them screaming from the other room. Yeah. And like yelling at dude, this movie made me cry twice. Two fucking times. Yeah. Both of them were Adam Driver. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I'm such a big fan of him now. But I can see so much of and the and these characters are nothing like my own parents. Mm-hmm. This movie is such an accurate and real representation of what it's like when a marriage falls apart. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I wasn't even privy like at a, that age to like all the lawyer stuff, but from just what I've, you know, what information I've learned about it through mostly my dad telling me, not even talking shit about my mom, just being like the fucking lawyers get in and make everything worse. They just stir shit up and it and it goes from being like we're not good together, let's break up to Let's break up, but also take each other to the fucking cleaners. cleaners. Yeah. It's so vicious and awful. Like, dude, the si- it scared the shit out of me. I've seen people say, like, don't watch this movie around the holidays, which is funny because it had to come out around the holidays to get to get <laughs> yeah. to get uh to get, you know, Oscar consideration probably. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I didn't have that upbringing, but I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I could see why this hit Sky like really hard. It hit me hard too. It didn't make me cry multiple times. It made me tear up once. Like yeah. I, I got the lump in my throat at one part in particular. The other part that I know that you cried at, I was too in awe of how amazing the, the acting was that I, I was just like, the movie part of me was just like, holy shit. Like this it's is incredible. the most amazing acting I've seen in like, a really long time. <laughs> if, yeah. <laughs> this if, is a cool movie to talk about because there's not a lot of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to talk about this this moment because it's really big. Mm-hmm. But not only is this moment really big, but the reason why it's so big, it's a movie that is, you know, it's called Marriage Story, which is ironic because it's about the, the end of the marriage. Yeah. But that is, you know, sometimes a part of that story. So you have this idea, it, you know, it's a divorce movie essentially, and you would almost expect there to be a lot of arguments, a lot of fighting. 90% of the time, they're very kind of almost cavalier about their separation and kind of okay with it and trying to work together. Well, that's what I was going to say. They're they're trying. Yeah. But then there's one scene where they have like an actual argument and they start just unloading their, you know, their baggage on each other about this whole thing. And it's, yeah. after, it's after they... Uh, their lawyers got together. Yeah, their lawyers court. got yeah because Adam Driver got rid of his lawyer because he was too much of like a nice guy that Adam Driver just wasn't getting the results he wanted. Yeah, and then he tells her like he's just like, well, you hired an asshole. Like I needed my own asshole. Yeah. Then after that, and then after they like go into court and they sit there in silence the whole time, Adam mm-hmm. Driver and ScarJo, but their lawyers just eat, attack the the husband and wife yeah so they're they're not saying anything. they're just sitting there while these lawyers are viciously attacking their character back and forth and they just have to sit there and take it and they can't say anything mm-hmm. and then when they do see each other again and she goes over to his apartment the greatest scene in a movie i've seen all year minus the hail hydra thing <laughs> <laughs> unfolds in front of us like dude yeah, it's 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 nuts. I actually, you mentioned that there's really only like one fight scene. There's like scenes where they bicker, and yeah. throughout the movie, because 
I also love the way the movie's structured, like the opening sequence, and it's long. Like it's like oh yeah, it was it's like great. It's like five minutes, maybe even more than that. Where it's funny, yeah, it's it's funny, and like it's like so tragic too because the way that these it starts up, it's a narration of like what they think of the other person, like the reasons yeah. why they fell in they love fell with in them. Love, yeah, so it's this whole like thing basically. And first, it starts with Adam Driver talking about his wife. Yeah, why I and, love Nicole. Yeah, and then it's and it's all the things and. You're like, oh wow, they're like a great couple, and then it cuts them, and they're in therapy, and they're not reading their their list to each other, right? And yeah, like the whole movie is yeah, basically- Scarlett Johansson doesn't want to read it. She's like, I don't want to read mine. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, it's like, oh, it's a great relationship, and then it's already failing, right? And as the movie goes on and on, you start to realize more and more why they're just not a good fit for each other. But that they never fight. They they're actually like pretty, um, you know. They're actually trying to be friendly with each yeah, other. And they're being respectful of yeah, each but other, that, even though it's a rough situation. But that scene is when basically everything just like comes out. And then that's when you realize how like a lot of where some of them are coming from. Like throughout the movie, you flip flop, I think, a little bit on who you agree with and d- disagree with, which I think is good because there's there's elements to both characters that are you have redeeming qualities to both of them. Right. But for a lot of the movie, I was just like. God damn it, Scarjo! Why'd you get the lawyers involved? Like you agreed, but then, yeah. but then, like during that scene, you kind of realize it's that scene and the one when she's talking to her lawyer. But you realize like that's why she acted out that way is because the way that he treated her, right? Because he was selfish and he cheated on her. Yeah, dude, that right there, I was just like, yo, he cheated on Scarlett Johansson. He's already a better villain in this than he is in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just love that scene. I love the way it played out. Oh, I, man. The emotion from both of them, but what Adam Driver does in that scene is insane. I've, I've gone back and watched it multiple times. Just the scene. I just go right to that scene, watch it, and I'm like, holy shit, man. And then I like, go, go about my day. <laughs> it's such a good scene, and I love it, and I want to share it with people. So like, I want to show Megan, but I also don't want to be like, get the hint. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want it to be like, why are you showing me this scene of all scenes? Cause mm-hmm. it's sad. And it's obviously about like a couple splitting up and like, arguing, and, and it's like, that's not the message I want to give you. I just want you to see a really cool scene. Yeah. Cause it's, it's incredible. The, it's, it's the, the last line that he has of that argument Oh uh, yeah, me, me and uh, Brianna both were like, I think we said out loud, we were like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. And the way he breaks down, it's just so, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. It feels real. That made me cry. Yeah. And then the end when he, because, uh, because yes, like how it started. I also love that the way it kind of comes full circle because mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want to read it. And the son had been throughout the movie. It had been acknowledged that he's having trouble with his with his letters and stuff, but also like being able to to read shit. And then the way it ends is, um, they it's post all the divorce craziness, mm-hmm. and Adam Driver's you know back and forth between New York and L.A. because that's like the biggest thing in the movie is that she wants to move out to L.A. with their son. Yeah, dude. So that's at least something I didn't have to deal with and all that like. Everybody stayed close. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine that. That would be torture. Because now, this is why this movie fucked me up so much. Because I know what it's like to be that kid, but I also know, I could also imagine having gone through that as the child now, what it would feel like to be the father in that situation. Because now I, I have a kid. Mm-hmm. And not that 
there there's like issue and like that's gonna happen to me necessarily but just i can put myself there in adam driver's shoes and that's why that's why he personally made me cry twice because i can i can feel that mm-hmm. i know what that would feel like and how crushing it would be and like when he's talking to his nice lawyer and he's like he has to know i fought for him he's like los angeles is not on the table yeah he's, and he's like if we bend for los An- for la and then we can get this and this he's like no that is the whole fight like it's basically like you're taking my son away from me like yeah dude the the <laughs> i don't know why i love movies that make me feel so bad i uh yeah it th- this i one... think it's just that it makes me feel any anything Thank like <laughs> Not to be like, I'm dead inside, but like to be like a movie to be so powerful that it could really draw raw emotion out of you. Mm-hmm. Fucking incredible. And like it literally moves me. Yeah. So this is, I think last year I had two movies that made me cry. I think, or unless it was the year before. Dude, this year I had like six. I'm yeah. a fucking baby. I was going to say, maybe we're just getting softer. I'm definitely getting <laughs> softer. Have a kid. It'll make you so soft, soft dude. <laughs> We we talked about uh the dialogue in the last movie though the dialogue in this like this movie will also I think be nominated for screenplay yeah I think I think both movies that we talked about are strong contenders for screenplay and acting and best picture I think so too I think Marriage Story has a advantage on best picture yeah me too yeah agreed it's funny actually like one and two for me I think might be Jojo Rabbit and and this yeah for for best picture I'd be surprised if Jojo won. But yeah, just be very ba- but just based on it winning the last one, I think that you have to you have to put it as a favorite. Yeah, because it won the the Toronto Film Festival. Right. Yeah. So basically, Scarlett Johansson is like <laughs> in two movies that are she's a lock. Yeah. But you yeah, know, I uh, I think that the writing on this is also excellent. And if you want to talk about cinematography, I love the way that a lot of these scenes are composed. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of like long shots long takes and a lot of like moving around with their characters like throughout throughout like his new apartment and everything like i love too that that scene when they're arguing doesn't just take place in the one room like they're they're kind of moving about throughout the yeah, apartment he's, he's in the kitchen and then he's in the kid's room and then, yeah yeah i uh my... and i like that it stays in the living room and it's like shot down the hall and like i think that's another that, that just hits you like anybody who because if if you if you come from that, like you know that sound of like arguing in the other room down the like, mm-hmm. dude, yeah, oh man, yeah, I, I like because the camera I think in that scene is basically just set on a tripod. Like, yeah, I think so, like, I think the, the camera stays stationary for most of that scene, and it and just kind of like rotates around the room as they just act throughout the room. Yeah, <sighs> so cool. My favorite use of the camera is actually in the scene where um, Scarlett Johansson's talking to Laura Dern for the first time. Oh yeah, because it starts up with like literally like a three minute zoom into her. Like yep. it's from wait, and it's a one take scene, and she's just acting. But it like basically like zooms in up on very her, like slowly, very like, very slowly, and then it get, gets up to her, and and then like even then like the camera turns when she walks to the bathroom, and the camera just stays on an an empty room, and you just hear her from the bathroom. And for whatever yeah. reason, I just thought that was so cool because it feels so real. Yeah. Like it, you're just in the room and you're just watching like real people. Yes. Yes. There you go. Because it, this movie treats the camera like the audience. Like if you are a person sitting, sitting there, there, like, yeah. So we have 
our own personal POV in every scene. It should go without saying that that's kind of how it how it should be for most movies is that like, well, the camera is our view of what's happening. But mm-hmm. like this really puts you in it. Yeah. And it's almost like you're just sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Now, similarly to The Irishman, I got to say, this was another movie where I wasn't expecting to laugh so much. As sad as this movie is, there's some really good humor in this. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, actually, the one part which I probably shouldn't have been laughing at got me. Yeah. <laughs> the razor blade trick. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Well, that whole scene was funny. Yeah. But, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> A lot of Adam Driver stuff was funny. Like I like when... Um, when he even right out the gate, when he's doing the the voiceover where, with his letter about her, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, something, something. Even though she never closes a cabinet, and then he turns around and like bangs his head on a cabinet. And he's like, yeah. God damn it! <laughs> like, you'll have done that. That comes around later, and he's like, you're a slob. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing too, and that's not even a funny thing, but that's like another way. Like the writing in this is so smart. Is like that these things come around. Yeah, like they were things that they loved about each other and then they use it against each other. Like, later exactly. Yeah. Like the things that they loved about each other are the things that ha- make them hate each other later, later. in the movie yeah. and, and in that argument. And also, I don't know if I finished my point with the kid not being able to read and stuff, but he reads. That's the other yeah, scene that makes me cry. Yeah, I don't think you did finish it. Yeah. yeah, that's the other scene that makes me cry where he is reading, he finds Scarlett Johansson's letter to uh, Charlie and. He, the kid's reading it and he can hear him from the other room. So when he comes in and then they're reading it together. And then when it gets down to the end and stuff, like he's having a really hard time reading it with his son because he's like crying, like getting choked up. Yeah. About it. And and she's just standing in the doorway basically. Yeah. I also, I thought it was really touching that she even saved the letter. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like, cause I think there might be people out there that are like, pissed off that there isn't a happy resolution to this movie i'd say there is not in the way that i think people want it to end yeah but i i did like the ending because it was like the the ending is basically like they're working it out yeah like it it, like they're gonna be okay type thing but i think i think some people would prefer to be like the sappy like they get back spoiler spoiler yeah they get back together or something like that yeah but yeah, no, I'm happy with the way it ended because it was a very real ending. Yeah. And I think it was a happy ending. It was as happy an ending as you can get to a, you know, a rough situation like this. Mm-hmm. So I was all for it. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, because not only are they working out, but like, he's like, you know what? I took a, I did take like a job out here, so I'm going to be able to spend more time. And she's yeah. just like. She's like, okay, like, I think that's going to be really good. Yeah. And, like, you know, he went trick-or-treating with them, and then afterwards she was just like, you know what? You you take him tonight. He's like, you sure? Like, it's your night. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, no, not a problem. And then they're just so much better to each other. Now there's not lawyers with them. Mm-hmm. Dude, the whole thing is I think I think the movie itself. Lawyers. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the movie itself is, like, a cautionary tale of, like, this is what happens when you get the lawyers involved. Like if, if they had, yeah. just, if honestly, if they had just done what Charlie wanted them to do and not use lawyers, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Which but, he also says, he's just like, you're the one who wanted to use the lawyers. Yeah. She's just like, I think we went too far. Yeah. You want to use the lawyers. She's like, yeah, but like God ugly. He's like, I said that would happen. Yeah. He's like, we could have just done what we said we were going to do, but you wanted to make it hard. <laughs> she was basically, uh, 
George Lucas after he watched episode one for the first time, and he was like, yeah. I think we may have gone too far in some areas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez, everything's about Star Wars. Well, Kylo Ren is in this. Kylo Ren is in this, and you know what? Star Wars is right around the corner. So Yes, it is. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much else I, you know, you want to talk about this. I, I love this movie. Like, Me I too. really love this movie. Me too. And I, I, I wish I saw this in the theater as well. For whatever reason, this didn't bother me watching it at home as much as The Irishman did. Probably because it's an hour shorter. It might be an hour shorter. It may also be because it, I just felt like it was a little bit more like original. Yeah. But I think in general, though, th- these two movies, I think, are the most I've enjoyed a Netflix movie yet so far. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. Um, this is like a big year for Netflix because... I mean, they've had a bunch of great movies, but also now they're competing with Disney Plus. So, I mean, they've got to like really pull some tricks. But I think I would much rather see movies in the theater. I still think that's where they belong. And it bums me out a little bit that some movies might go straight to Netflix. But I think these two movies this year at least give you hope that like maybe now they're going to put out some like real shit. Yeah. But at the same time, a movie came out like a week later and it was six underground was dookie yeah. as hell so <laughs> dookie in all of the best ways <laughs> i'll say six underground is my favorite bad movie of the year nice so spoiler alert i guess for that yeah but yeah Not that we're gonna do an episode on that movie yeah no but yeah i uh you know the majority of this year and i think it does play into when you see our list like Netflix movies generally are not very good, but I think ending the year with these two at least gives you hope that they're going to be spending more time picking out movies and being selective with them. And I don't think they will. I just think that every year they're going to make sure they have Oscar-worthy movies for the end of the year. They're going to have a few contenders because they had Roma Roma. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I feel like now they want to set a precedent that like we can also do, you know, Academy Award nominated or winning film yeah i hope there there's definitely still gonna be the dog shit movies i'm hoping that we get more good movies though doubt it (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm surprised there were two this year i was surprised too i was surprised that there was two and i was surprised that there was a couple of good ones too because like uh, paddleton Paddleton was was really good yeah uh triple frontier was fine like yeah it was just a fine action movie yeah but um ain't gonna win anything but it's it wasn't it wasn't offensive (laughs) yeah it's not like egregiously terrible yeah, I mean, I was surprised that I liked them this much because, like, Roma last year I liked, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't obsessed with it like a lot of people were. Uh, these these two movies here, though, I, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. So, so you want to get into Tomato Tomato, sir? Yeah, let's do the Tomato Tomato. So, Marriage Story. The critics are bringing in at a 95. Wow. One point below The Irishman. So, an, uh, A. That's an A. Tomato. I feel like the, it's going to be low. 83. Okay. This was very similar to Irishman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Irishman was like 85, right? Yeah. I, Irishman was 96, 86, I think. Okay. So now we got a A. You got an A. To a B minus. And then like a, basically like a B minus, yeah. Okay. Well, shocker. I'm going to go tomato. Mm-hmm. I gave it an A plus. I went tomato and A plus as well. This is a, a plus. This is a contender for top five for the year. Yeah, for me. This as is a, well. This might be a contender for top three of the year. Ooh, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's a tough year. It is. Bye, bye, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can, you can do whatever you want with your list. Yeah, I know. Um, I will, I will say this. You know, 
I've actually I've said this already, but the year started off and we're basically like, this sucks. Like, this is the worst year to start a podcast. This yeah. is the best year to start a podcast. I know. Because <laughs> looking back at 2018, granted, I haven't seen all of that stuff, but now I'm getting to go back and watch some more of 2018 movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, even if I did see as many movies this year or last year as I did this year, I feel like I wouldn't have as hard of a time making a list. You wouldn't have. <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. This year is a real problem. I, I started, because we're going to have the duties real soon. Mm-hmm. We're like four weeks away from the duties. Mm-hmm. And we have almost 200 movies to organize and list out. Yeah. On top of all other sorts of homework that we're going to have to do around there. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we got a special surprise. <laughs> yep. But I started, I'm like, you know what? Let's start easy. Let's start with my top 10 because I know what movies I loved. I've changed my top 10 50 times already. Oh, you started ranking them already? Yeah, I'm trying to. I can't fucking do it. So the middle of the list is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, you kind of just, you're picking straws out of a hat. (laughs) But the way I do it, I color code them. I break them down by like movies that are top 10 worthy, movies that I really, really like that like would just barely not make it. And like, I just break it down in like clusters and I just rank the clusters. See, I was thinking, so I emailed myself my list and I was going to just on a day off, take like an hour or two and make a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and organize everything and just type it in as it is on my sheet, like one through 187 or whatever it is now. Yeah. And then just type them in, not numbered, just name, 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 name and their grades and a separate thing and then organize the sh- the sheet in you know grade order yeah so like a plus on the top f's on the bottom and then i start going through and then i can start rearranging i'm like okay let's put this one at number 1 like here's all my a pluses you know let's let's throw those in there are they all going to make the top 10 even cuz there could be a's that i just enjoyed more than an A-plus movie. There could be A-minuses that you enjoyed more than an A-plus movie. There are some A-minuses on my on my list as it stands right now, but this list is a nightmare to work on. Yeah. Last year, the there's only two movies that would probably make a top 10 in this year. Yeah. I have gone from basically like being like, this year sucks to this year is amazing. Yeah. The- Way to turn it around, 2019. Go- ending the decade with a fucking bang. I want to go and, and compare it to 2017 because 2017 was really like the year that made me want to do a podcast or like a YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah. And the, oh man, it's close. This might be better than 2017. Like as a whole, I mean, 2017 has one of my favorite movies of like the last decade. Yeah. But I think this is stronger all around. Like we've been getting so many really good movies this year. And yeah, in such real. a short period of time, like it's really just like the last like three months of that have just like crushed it. Yeah, definitely. Getting them all in for those Oscars, baby. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. what you can. And I think we got a few more. There's, I mean, hearing good buzz about Little Women. Uh, we saw 1917. Um, <laughs> so long ago. We saw oh, I almost forgot. And there, there's uh, Uncut Gems. Yep, we still got to see that. Uh, so it hasn't come out by us yet, though. No, it's playing in the in the city. It comes out on Christmas here, I think. Okay. So, so by the time this episode drops, we that goes to Netflix in January. What? Wait, what? That's what someone told me at work the other what day. What does? Uncut Gems. No. That's what they told me. Like No. Uh, hopefully not, because <laughs> I want to see it in theaters, but I heard that apparently it's going to, to Netflix. I don't think so. I don't believe that. You don't believe it? I'm not buying it. That's uh, It's fake news? <laughs> yeah, fake news. <laughs> yep. It's going to be in on Netflix in January. 
That is crazy. I, because Adam Sandler. Oh, because they have he has that Netflix deal. Yeah. So wow. So I I mean I just skimmed through the article, but it there's no confirmed date. It looks like it's going to be late January. It's going to come on to. They're going to let it do a theatrical circuit, and then it's going to go to Netflix. Well, I think do we we want to do an episode on it, right? Oh yeah. I mean it's a, and it's a 2019 movie because it's getting buzz yeah. for the Oscars this year. Like right. I think we're going to do. It's already it. been released. Yeah. No, I'm seeing it in theaters. Yeah, me too. I, and like it's funny actually. Like I really want to see it in theaters. Brianna really wants to see it in theaters. My brothers really want. To, like my parents mentioned it the other day. Yeah. So yeah, no, like, we're we're definitely seeing it in theaters when it comes out. It's I'm, going down. Yeah. And so I, I think would, we want to do an episode on that. Yeah, I do. I do want to do an episode on that. That might be like the in between episode between like an anniversary episode and the fucking the duties. Yeah. Honestly, there's a few movies that I like. I was like, oh, we're going to hit that. And then I don't know if we're going to anymore. Yeah, I know. So crazy. Too much going on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, fucking cool. First time ever. We did two reviews in one. Yeah, it's a twofer. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure there's some episodes where I briefly was just like Rambo Last Blood. That sucked. That was like <laughs> yeah. the whole. That was the whole review. But this and then is, we move on. This, this is, is literally official. short reviews. Yeah, yeah, so. legit as shit. So it might be a little bit longer than our usual episodes, but just as long as our first episodes. <laughs> <laughs> our first episode of this podcast was just over two hours long. Yeah, that we were ridiculous. People, um, we had no organization. There's a few people that like. They're like your episodes are so long. Like I went and started with like your first episode. I'm like, well, like now they're more like an hour, 15 hour. And like, 20. yeah, we've streamlined the podcast. I think it's for the better. I've seen some people that would say like, I've listened to the only podcast I listened to are like 20 minutes long. And I'm like, what podcast you listen to? Yeah, I know that uh, same friend, I think is the one who told me that I'm like, that's insane. Like most of the podcasts I listen to are an hour and a half to two to two and a half hours long. Yeah. You just don't do it all at the same time. Or sometimes you do. Sometimes you're doing chores around the house. I throw on a podcast. Yeah, no. However I, you listen, we appreciate it. All of my hockey pods are at least an hour. Some of them are like close to two hours. Yeah, I listen yeah. to a lot of comedy podcasts, and mm -hmm. a lot of them are like improvised. So some of them are just an hour. Some of them are like 40 minutes. And then other ones are like, I'm currently listening to the Comedy Bang Bang Holiday episode, and it's like three hours long. Oh, wow. But I love it. They actually did this year because it's the 10 year anniversary of that pot. Now we're just plugging podcasts we listen to, but <laughs> it was the 10 year anniversary of Comedy Bang Bang this past year, this year, 2019. And they did a 10 hour episode. Whoa. Yeah. It, on and I you thought that our duty cut was bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> duty cut. <laughs> duty cut. <laughs> but we do really appreciate you, Swampies, for sticking around with us. We are excited to bring you some fun new stuff for the double deuce. Our next episode is the first episode of the Double Deuce. Yeah. It's a 2019 movie in the Double Deuce. Yes. Yes. That's true. I think we're going to be doing 2019 movies basically for the entirety of January almost. Yeah, and then February is really when we start reviewing 2019 movies. Mm -hmm. Or 2020 movies, sorry. Double yeah. Deuce movies. Double Deuce movies. Yeah. Multiple corrections. I think, I think after this episode, there's probably going to be three or four more reviews for 2019 movies. Yeah. Probably like three. And then some and then, special episodes and, in between. Yeah, I think we're, Duty Awards will be in there. And and I think we're going to do something special for our anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So. No, nothing for sure yet. And I will say this, keep a lookout on our Instagram. Yes. And also, I'm going to say you might want to subscribe to our Twitter. We okay. have we have something pretty cool coming Ruin. up. And 
when I say pretty cool, I mean if you're really a movie lover, you're cool. you're gonna want to get in on it. Yeah, even if you hate us but love movies, you will want this. Yeah, so want to know what's going on, and it's free. Like we're saying it like yeah. you have to pay, but it, no, the thing totally is free. free. So we're making we are putting in literal hours of work. We're gonna have to have a full day of hanging out together ugh, <laughs> and really working on this thing like it's not going to be like an easy feat yeah so but we're going to give it to out. you for free yeah all that work for nothing for nothing yeah, yeah. just just for you swampies because we love you yeah and because we love doing this for you guys and for ourselves mm-hmm. so pay attention i mean well i'm sure we'll announce it on an episode but yeah keep a look out on the the instagram and the twitterverse and you know even facebook and even facebook yeah that and, all works and eventually we'll announce it and then you'll be able to get access to it so and go to two dudes movie reviews.com because mm-hmm. we'll i'm sure we'll be putting that up there too what we're doing yeah so yep. secrets for now but you guys know what to do find us on the social media to dudes movie reviews.com five star written reviews on apple podcasts we'll see you guys in the double deuce Suck it, Swampus! <laughs>